check, check. Mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show is live. Round 14 of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series going off this weekend in Atlanta. We are back to a Speedway track. Remember this thing last year? We had three rounds there, and it was a long track, and it was cool. I liked it. I want to talk to JT and Michael Lindsay, uh, who's going to be guests today on the show, about this Speedway format and if we can keep it going or not. Um, really like to talk to you guys about that. And more, 702 586 7857, give us a call. We are coming uh, fresh off Pulp and Mech Show 500 as well. So still a lot of buzz here in the studio. Uh, the guy in the corner there taking your phone calls, is, is, is he's he's buzzing. He's so excited. Uh, so thank you to folks for listening. 702-586-7857, please give us a call. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Uh, love those guys. You can get them at motorsport.com. You can get them at your favorite dealer. They have uh, a lot of things happening. Justin Brayton wearing it, of course. And we'll see... Um, uh, RJ Hampshire winning the race last weekend. See if he can do it again in fly racing, whether it's the kinetic mesh, which is just coming out now, fully vented and uh, and looking good. Flyracing.com will have something that you need or something that you like. So thank you to the folks at Fly Racing for making it happen. Pro Taper, 100%. Uh, sorry, Pro Taper, Get, FMF Vision, Maxis, Plum Creek, Funding, all on board with this show. Uh, thank you to the folks at Maxis Tires, uh, SGB Maxis guys. A-Ray and Cade are just solid now. Uh, look, the field is a little bit thinned out. I get it, but Cade's getting near top 10s. A-Ray's in there, no problem. Uh, yeah, the guys running Maxis tires are doing a good job. They got the minions as well. Jeremy McGrath, again, just in studio on Monday. Thank you to the folks at Maxis for that. They were a big part in getting MC here. So thanks to Maxis. Mountain Bike Tires, the Minions are great. Um, yeah, fantastic company. And uh, really looking forward to uh, all the things that Maxis have coming out. And again, thank you to the folks at Get and Athena. Whether it's two-stroke, four-stroke, ECUs, the RPM dashboard is really, really popular. Their sister company, Athena, makes cylinder kits and cylinders and big bores and lots of replacement parts, clutch discs and things like that. So whether it's Athena, whether it's Get, uh, they have some really good stuff and they can help you out. So please email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com. If you want a pulp show deal on Get and or Athena, and uh, they got wireless hour meters. Uh, those things are small, but they're super handy, uh, not expensive either, and it's a really good way to, to know what's going on with your motorcycle. So, again, thank you to those companies, uh, JT and Michael Lindsay on, and your phone call, 702-586-PULP. We are giving away a set of FMF goggles, courtesy of uh, at FMF Vision, because... Kay Clayson made another main event. That's right. They pledged to give away goggles every time Cade makes the main. So FMF doing that. And also, Fly Racing, the Zone Pro goggle worn by Justin Brayton. We're going to give that away along with a T-shirt as well. So, uh, yeah, really good to uh, have those guys on board. And you can just call us at 702-586-PULP and maybe, just maybe, win one of two pairs of goggles. Uh, taking your calls over there in the uh, corner. Again, Show 500, he's still, he's still buzzing from it. The... Tits, tits, what's up? I'm buzzing and beaming. It's a good show. Yeah, it was. I didn't get to finish it yet. I had some technical issues. That's no one's fault, but probably Marx's. But as far as I've got, it's been spectacular. So kudos to you. Congratulations. The whole deal. Thank you, sir. Um, let's get JT on the line. You got and it. And we'll do that. Uh, Andy wants to talk about Jeremy McGrath first. Andy, what's up, man? Just, uh, I'm still beaming from show 500 as well. It, it was, was good, fantastic. man. Yeah, it was really, really fun. I, yeah. 
I, I expect I knew you were going to do something big. I was expecting uh, all these guests and you know all big, you know big pomp and circumstance. But I like that it was small, intimate, and uh, uh, the stories were just great. It was it was fantastic. Good job, Steve. Do you feel like Daniel Blair talked too much? No, no, he was uh, uh, he was kind of like me. I, I when he said it, I was like a like a kid to candy store also, so I could. I could just picture him, you know, sitting there watching. I got a DM. I got an Instagram DM from somebody that was like, Daniel Blair didn't know when to shut up. And I'll be honest, I would love to bust Daniel Blair's balls because he's a buddy of mine. I felt like Daniel barely spoke at all. I felt like he was great all show. You know? I don't understand. Yeah. I agree. What I really liked best, I think, from those guys was the the backstories. You know, we all know about the wins, the championships, but um, McGrath talking about his uh, um, leaving Honda, going to Suzuki, and the mechanics involved in that. And then uh, same with Carmichael leaving Honda, the deal with Ray Blank. I, I could t- I could totally see that. Yeah, and yeah. So it was great to hear those those backstories that. You know, our rumor legend, you know, those guys uh, dismissed all of that. It was fantastic. Yeah, they were really good, yeah, and uh, they were super awesome. I, I, I ended the show early because Jeremy's wife was here, and I thought she looked a little tired, right? And I'm like, okay, we got to end this show. So I end the show, and then we sit downstairs for an hour talking more, um, bench racing more, and I'm like, wait, we could have just done this on the show. So, um, you know, I felt like five hours was enough, right? But uh, those guys, yeah, they were honestly Jeremy and Ricky – like genuinely really liked seeing each other and being around each other. It was it was pretty amazing to see them. They were stoked to chat, and they have a long history, which I talked about on the show. I didn't realize how far back those guys went. I had no idea that the 80 rider from Florida knew the 125 uh, team green kid from California, you know? Yeah, you and me both. It was uh, – you could just tell that there was the, – the, the chemistry was there. The mutual respect was there. And it was, uh, um, man, it was a really great show. You did a good job. That was Thank an you. excellent pick on having those two, um, those two guys in. Um, listening to McGrath with his uh, Havasu stories, I- I've lived in Havasu 40 years. Okay. I would see all those guys in the channel in the mid-90s. Oh, boy. And it was funny because yeah. you'd, you'd go to the bar on a Saturday night, and here's 50% of, uh, uh, of the gate. Yeah, at the bar. Yeah. And, and hanging out in the channel. And, yeah, they, they, uh, they love that, the Havasu stuff, yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, good times back then. So I was glad that he, uh, um, you know, gets into those stories too. Yeah. That's obviously a little near and dear to my heart. Cool. But, uh, well, good job with the show, Steve. Thank you for calling in, Andy. Thanks, man. Uh, bye bye. Appreciate it. Uh, man who was here before uh, during the show, a five hundred. He was in studio as well. Fly Racing, FlyRacing dot com. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Um, I uh, I echo the sentiments of uh, of the prior caller. Really, Don't you really feel cool like deal. those guys were stoked to be around each other? I I did. Like, yeah, I think so. And I think, um, you know, Ricky's personality has evolved so much in the last few years, um, and he's really got. You know, he's become open with yep. uh, you know feelings from before, and I think he's really done a great job of mending fences. And it's funny. I was talking to Darkside for the wrap up show, and um, you know, on the show. Ricky was like, you know, I didn't have hard feelings. About, and I was like, bullshit. Like, <laughs> for lack of a better term, yeah, you're lying right now. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if you know that you're lying, but trust me, everyone on your side and other sides would attest, I believe, to what I'm saying is that you didn't like us, we didn't like you, and that's okay. Like, yeah. it wasn't yeah. anything other than competitiveness, and that's just – how it was and to say that it wasn't i know he you know he doesn't want to be that guy anymore and and i totally get it but but i'm just honestly reflecting on how it was back at the time no i'm with you it was it was pretty damn serious and a lot of hatred going on sure you can make a case that the gear guys and the agents and the people around the people didn't help things and they no, at times at times they drove it, but there was still a lot going on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah it was just. And, and I'm not saying that like anybody wished harm on anybody, right. but yeah. nobody liked each other. No. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> you know. He and I think he was worried that it was going to come off like it was just him, and everybody else was like, "Why doesn't he like us?" That's not how it was at all. Like, I we knew he didn't like us, and we knew we didn't like him, and nobody wanted to change that. Yeah. Like, there wasn't anybody extending an olive branch or anything like that. So. To see that progress to where 
he is now as a person. And I think Jeremy's been there for a long time. So to see kind of all that unfold on air was, mm. was really great. And, to, you know, I think a lot of that stuff happens like at a hotel bar or at Vegas or whatever, but it doesn't happen in front of the public like it did on Monday. Yeah. And that's, that's just a really special thing. Yeah. And I was really surprised that like they were, they were like putting their arms around each other's shoulders. They were giving each other knuckles. They were laughing. They were really digging each other, talking to each other and being, you know, telling stories. I, I was, yeah. I thought that was awesome. Like when I thought about getting them together, obviously they know each other and obviously they're cool with each other. But I'm like, hey, it's the number one and number two all-time winningest riders, right? Uh, that would mm-hmm. be a great get for the studio. I had no idea that Jeremy took Ricky wakeboarding when he was 10 years old on Lake Paris. And I had no idea that they would talk. And when Ricky was number 70 on a Pro Circuit 125, that he would talk to Jeremy and hang out with him. And Jeremy took him to uh, – it sounds like a strip club they went to, or at least a bar anyways. And I had none of this when Ricky turned 18. I had no idea they were that friendly and they had that much history way back in the day. And that well, made it even better. I, yeah. I knew a little bit of that um, from my time going to Ricky's house uh, in the 90s. Yeah. Um, there were pictures of him and MC together because, remember, you know, Jeremy was Mitch's guy on Team Pro Circuit. Well, Ricky was also Mitch's guy. Yeah. Like, the next, right? Like, Mitch knew Ricky was going to be on his team and knew he was coming. Like, yep. everybody could see it. Even at 10 years old, everybody could see it. So, Mitch already had him around. He had him at the shop, and then Jeremy was was already there because he was racing on the team. So there was there was that. Um, yeah, I, I understand how you wouldn't know that, but I just happened to randomly see these things in his house. You know, back going back to like 1996. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so they, yeah, there's a lot of history there. There really is. Yeah, Ricky was telling Jeremy before the show. I have a picture of me sitting on your bike in 1990, and I assumed mm-hmm. that it was just like, hey, here's Carmichael. He's a team green kid. Can we take a picture with your bike? And Jeremy's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I just assumed that. And then as we got into it, it's like, no, no, we were hanging out that weekend, and I was sitting on his bike. Like, oh, okay, like in 1990. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how far back it goes. But it was really cool. Those guys were awesome, and they were into it. So, cool. Cool that they Yeah, made, hopefully, made uh, I really hope that they enjoyed it, for one. And I hope, you know, we can get those guys around on the show more. Um, they just have, they have so much to share. And, yeah, you got a lot of it in five hours, but – um, they have a lot to offer and insight and opinions and all those things. It doesn't have to be reminiscing about their careers. It can be about what's going on, right? And to yeah. have their current opinion on things that are unfolding in front of us would be really cool. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, so uh, weather this weekend. We could we could see some weather in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, it's looking like uh, a good chance of it. Um, you know, the the tough part is that I don't think that they're going to have this safety blanket of having it covered for most of the day on Saturday. Um, You know, we have a a day schedule, which I'm sure you already talked about, but that forces their hand a little bit with pulling the tarps earlier than they'd like, having bikes on the track earlier than they would like, and they don't have this cushion that they could push back into the schedule because we're going to be on TV and we have to start racing at like 3 o'clock. So they've got to get all the qualifying and practice done before then where – in a worst-case scenario, on a normal schedule, they could push back and have we've, – we've done it. Like, Anaheim won. We had, like, a very short practice at, like, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. They don't have that window anymore. So if the rain comes, there's only so much they can do, and we could absolutely have some, uh, some mud in, in the middle of the day. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. And, by the way, track walk, 5.30 a.m. Can we – is there anything – Oh, my God. Is, Are you we, serious? Yeah, 5.30 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I knew the venue opened at eight, but I did not know about the five thirty track walk. That's yeah, to me. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Um, I'll be honest. I can promise you, I will not make it. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, uh, tits, did you know? Did you know, tits, that if you see the weather, and it says fifty percent chance of rain, right? Yes. Okay. That means that means it's a fifty percent chance that the area affected will get the rain. It does not mean 50% chance of rain. It's not a 50-50. It's 50% chance that somewhere in that area, somewhere will get rain. No, 50% of this area will get rain. I don't think that's the way it works. JT? That's how it is. Yep. Okay, fine. That, the coverage area that they're predicting a 50% chance of rain, 50% of that coverage area will get rain. It's not a, there's a 50% chance it will rain or not. 
Okay. Dude, I just learned this today. Today. I, I didn't know that, clearly. I, I mean, can we get a confirmation on Twitter, someone, that JT's right here? <laughs> someone can, Google him wrong. Can, can we get a weatherman? I, it seems amazing. Anyways, um, so there we go, Tits. You learned something new today. I did. Uh, yep. JT, so uh, I want to get the showdown, and I want to talk about the 450 class and everything else. We're still giving away those goggles, by the way. Uh, Zone Pro goggles worn by Justin Brayton and uh, an FMF uh, a pair of goggles in honor of uh, Kay Clayson. But uh, 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 the Speedway stuff, we, I know we touched on this last year, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, these tracks can't handle, the, the smaller floors can't handle these uh, 450s and 250s. We are getting beat down tracks. We're getting short lap times. We all know the 450s can jump out of the stadium if they wanted to. You know, they're riding around in second, third, whatever. Um, we're, the Daytona doesn't really work, in my opinion, for all the reasons we talked about. So through, throwing away Daytona. Is no, there, we're is, not throwing away Daytona. No, no, no. I'm just saying that in my example here it, it, what I'm doing. Throw away Daytona okay. as far as my, my, my point here. Can we have Schutfeld, Canfeld, look for more of these speedways for tracks that suit these motorcycles better? Um, uh, you know what I mean? NASCAR is a very popular sport everywhere in the country, and it crosses over with a lot of our fans. So, you know, that's a natural thing to go to. Um should Fell be looking at more of these speedway tracks to to have better tracks and to uh, you know fit the bikes better? I'm going to say no. Um, I'm I'm okay with having a couple. You know, if you want to throw Charlotte in there, maybe and get rid of uh, like Oakland or something, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I don't think that you get the same atmosphere. And you know how I feel about this. Mm. Um, that under the lights. Great opening ceremonies. Everybody's hyped up with music and all this stuff. Like, I don't think you have that same feel at these Speedway events because it's not as enclosed and, you know, tight confines, and you can't do as much at these Speedways that you can with arenas, with the sound and the videos and all that stuff. So I just think you lose a little bit of that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, 17 out of 17. I'm not saying that. But to start changing that in a in a uniform way where it's a bunch like we're cutting in half or something i think would be would be doing a disservice to the product that we have uh-huh. and when you go to these speedway events i don't think you get that same level of excitement and the goosebumps and things that you can get at you know uh inside a dome type supercross okay all right uh fair enough i i yeah some I, so let's add more and drop some other venues I guess. But you know, I mean, you know that the schedule, are you saying add more rounds? Like no, 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 drop, adding, okay. drop some of these smaller tracks that we can't, you know, uh, um, uh, some of these floors have pretty small layouts, um, you know, keep in Arizona and keep Anaheim and keep the baseball yeah. ones, you know, but. I'll tell you what I would rather do. I would, rather than that, I would rather get like Toronto back on the schedule. Um, I would love to see like uh, something, some of the international rounds that aren't prohibitive like a, a Mexico City or something like that. Like mm-hmm. some of these are drivable. It's no different. Like no different than driving from California to Florida. You know what I mean? It's not that huge of a deal. It is far. I get it. But I think there are reasonable opportunities that we could add some international rounds back in. Um, I just think those add so much flavor and flair to the series. You know, versus as much as I love going to San Luis, I've been going there since. I missed the 96 round, but I've been going since 97, haven't missed one. Um, you know, I think we could rotate that one in and maybe try some other things, right? Nashville Nashville, not being on the schedule to me is, is almost criminal. That was one of the best rounds we've had in a very long time. Uh, so it's, I would rather work in some of the better rounds and work out some of the lesser ones than maybe than branching out into those, uh, you know, speedway stuff. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it, man. Some of these, uh, I don't, or this, we need an overhaul of the tracks and dirt or something. Like we just, it's forty-two it, seconds. It's it's not good. Like Atlanta, Atlanta for me, it's okay, right? I, I don't I don't dislike it, but I'm not excited about the Atlanta round. I, I don't 
think it's that great. Like to, to me, the racing was pretty boring. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope this year's better, but last year I didn't leave those Atlanta rounds going, man, we need more of this. Really? I, I know okay. you like them. Yeah, I like no, them. I, yep. I just didn't, I didn't have that feel. Ah, yeah. The vibe, dude, the vibe. <laughs> that's what, that's all that you, that's all you judge it by. You well, didn't... <laughs> I didn't, I just didn't think the racing was all that incredible either. Like it's yeah. a lot of straight lines. You know, you have straightaways that go like, a quarter of a mile you yeah. know like i don't know i just i, I didn't well it wasn't my favorite i thought yeah i thought I, I didn't i watched the track map this this week i just saw it before the show and i don't know how it equates to the real world it looks a bit shorter to me which is good i thought last year's was too long it went too far to each end if you're a fan you know what i mean they got to tighten it up a little bit but uh I don't know. I think there's a potential here anyways. Uh, Austin Forkner coming back. Uh, of course, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Rider injured at round two. Uh, he's coming back. Can he Can he jump in and run uh, podium speed? Or, you know, I mean, I, when I say podium speed, he can get a fourth or a fifth, but he, he'd be right in the mix. Like, do you think he can jump in that quickly? I think he can. You know, it's, it's always challenging for guys to come off of injury and go battle with guys that are really, you know, they're, they're – on their game right now. You know, they're not, they haven't missed a beat. They've just been getting better and better and better. I don't think he'll be way off, like, you know, post injury struggle, but I don't think he's going to go battle with Craig and Jet Lawrence and Hunter. I, I don't see that either. So um, I would say somewhere between four and eight is, is where I have him. And, and more important than anything, just get through the race on two wheels and don't, you know, take another step back. You know, we've seen a lot of these showdowns uh, end up with an unexpected winner. You know, and obviously Jet and Christian are classes of their field, of their coasts. But we've seen a lot of unexpected winners over the years at these things. Um, do you think we get an unexpected winner, or do you think we get a Jet or Craig win? You know, it, the results are skewed, a lot of those, because we have so many of the Vegas rounds in that equation and there are championships at stake that particular night. And a lot of times the showdown has been after the championships are decided. So your two champions really don't care at all. You know, if they even ride like Jason Warren didn't even ride uh, the one. So I don't think you're going to see anything out of the norm. I think for a lot of these guys, for Jed and Christian specifically, it's just another race. Um, you know, would they be willing to take less chances because they have a bigger points lead? Maybe, you know, but I don't think you're going to see Shimoda win or uh, Pierce Brown win. I, I just don't see it. I think that Jet and Christian, and I'll put Hunter in that there as well, because if he doesn't crash out of the Anaheim three race, he is right in the thick of this championship. So I will keep him in that conversation. Oh, I think one of those three guys wins. Okay, we dropped you a little bit there, but so Hunter, you, so one of those three guys wins, and that's your call, which would make it not a weirdo, weirdo, weirdo right. race, right? Right. Yep, I think I think you get one of the favorites that win. Do, I mean, Jets really downplaying this. I asked him about it after the race in my post race uh, podcast, and I know I think he got asked it in the press conference as well. You know, Jet is really downplaying this battle versus Christian Craig, saying, "Hey, man, uh, the championships win. Nobody's going to remember a race win or whatever. Championships matter." Um, I don't know, though, man. Racers are racers. These guys get sucked in pretty easily into uh, uh, dick measuring contests. So count me as skeptical on that. See, I don't, I don't particularly think that he cares. I, I really don't. Um, you're talking about a guy that he's not even going to race this summer. So he, it doesn't matter in his world literally at all. You know, it's, it's this showdown thing that is uh, concocted by the, the organizers, but as far as his championship doesn't matter. His What he has to worry about as far as intimidation or getting a leg up confidence-wise going into the summer doesn't matter. So what does he care? Like, I, I genuinely believe him. Like, is there a little bit of competitive fire that wants to win? Of course. But is he worried about Christian Craig going into the weekend? I don't think so. I wouldn't be. If it was me, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I, I'll see him out there, I'm sure. You know, and if, if he's going as fast as me, we'll see who's faster. But you got to you got to be thinking big picture with this stuff, and, and I, I truly think he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, you really got to do it. But when they're out there, when they're in the heat of the moment, you're telling me he's going to be like, ah. Well, I don't, yeah. but I don't think any differently than he would with RJ or Pierce or anybody else. I, I don't think it's any different than that. Like okay. you have to, 
you have to race within yourself and make smart decisions. It doesn't matter if you're racing Ricky Carmichael or Christian Craig or Joe Shimoda or pick a guy. You know, like the, that dynamic should not change. Tell you what, R.J. Hampshire could win this thing. He really of could. He could. Yeah, 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 he, he, could. he could get he a start, could. and then just if he could, he, he could maybe stay on two wheels. He couldn't do it for all three races in St. Louis, but you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. if he gets a whole shot and Jet starts twelfth, like yeah. he seemed to be doing all weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, half the time RJ is his own worst enemy. So, yeah, um, yeah it's certainly possible. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. Fly racing, Moto sixty show. Presented by Get, Pro Taper, FMF Vision, Maxis, and Plum Creek Funding, all on board with us. Uh, Kicker Bob's on one. Kicker Bob, what's up, man? How are you? Thanks for calling. What's going on, Steve? Man, you you just rocked it uh, Monday night. That was a phenomenal show. Thank you for them to say yes about coming in. And yeah, they. I agree with you. It would have been great to have a little side side uh, rec- recording of your next hour and a half later. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would have been good. You know what? I mean, again, I, I'm getting congratulations, but it's really those guys who are coming out. I spent some money to fly Ricky out, and and actually, you know what? I, I got Jeremy a hotel room, and I had cash for him. I had cash for both guys because I wanted to pay their expenses and I wanted to give them money for time for their time. And neither guy would take the money. They absolutely refused. I tried over and over and over. Neither guy would take the money, which I thought was pretty cool, but. Um, Steve, which you know. the question is, which one got on their flight first? Which one got to your house first? Nah, Jeremy drove, so he <laughs> drove up from California, and Ricky flew in on Sunday. Ricky was here Sunday, uh, so yeah. I'm just going after the whole conversation of Chad Reed. Yeah, 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 really, right? So, uh, yeah, what else, Kicker Bob? So, so nervous that I didn't even call because I was wanting to talk to Jeremy, uh, Ricky also, but more Jeremy McGrath. I was just getting into watching the show and going to a race. First time, probably. I don't know. You guys can answer this. Indy Convention Center and the Hoosier Dome. Last, possibly the last race that the Hoosier Dome had, I don't know for sure, but I met Jeremy McGrath and, um, let's see, it would have been Travis Pastrana in the Convention Center, and I feel like an idiot, and I wanted to tell Jeremy so much. So if he's listening or he does listen at some point, I'm sorry, Jeremy. I didn't even know his name as I was going through all the handshakes and seeing people and meeting people because I was so new to it all. I was just like, this is awesome. Oh, my gosh, this is cool. And I asked for his autograph. I don't even remember what name I threw out. But, yeah, he looked at me. He was just getting ready to walk away. He looks at me and just shook his head. And started to walk away again. I was like, please, can I have your autograph, please? Because I knew how big he was, but I didn't know his name. I felt like an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, but yeah. right. No worries. Hey, yeah. So when, when was that last When was that last race at the Hoosier Dome? Do you guys remember? Uh, JT, any idea? So it had been the RCA Dome. Yeah. Um, yep. I think you used so to call last... it the Hoosier Dome. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was, it, it was RCA Dome for a long yep. time after that. Um I would say the last year we were there would have been for sure 2009. Chad, uh, for Something sure. Something like that. Nah, Stu was on a Yamaha oh, there. That, that he was on a Yamaha in 09. Oh, he was. Okay. So there was definitely a yeah. race in Indy when Stu was on a Yamaha. I know that for sure. I, I no, have a picture. 09, we were, 09 we were downstairs. Yeah. So it would have been, that would have been Lucas Oil. So it had to be some, something like, oh, man. I'm going to say early right, we, we can look it up. I, yeah, I it's, it, we can look and it up. I have, yeah. I have a, a signature from Villopoto. It had to be one of his first years on the 125. I have a signature from him. And he was just coming in, and he was with Kawasaki already, obviously. And, yeah, I, I got it on a huge mechanic shirt that I have hanging did, up. Awesome. Oh, my God. Did Loraco win? Did, was Loraco's win in the RCA Dome, or was it yeah. in Lucas Oil? No, it was RCA. I think. That was 05. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. No, I think so, that was – no, that was – no, That was 04. Loraco's win was in, in the new one. Absolutely. I was there. Was the new one? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, thanks, for, thanks for calling, Bob. Thank you, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, 04, huh? So, uh, yep. yeah. All right. Uh, Cody's on two. Cody, what's happening? Hey, this is Cody from Houston. Steve, congratulations. That show was just phenomenal. Uh, I've been re listening from 
podcast one from you on pulp and it's just fantastic to see how far you've come and i think you've really done a lot for the industry and jt as well opening up lines of communication so bravo that thanks. show was awesome thanks cody um also wanted to give you props thanks for your kindness on getting that jersey signed for me i really appreciate that. oh yeah so you were the guy with the with the jersey he so jeremy i, I sent it already by the way i don't know if you got it back yeah, uh it's on its way i think yeah yes, so uh jeremy's like i don't even have one of these that's what he said. Yeah. He, uh, he, so you sent a Suzuki of Troy, 97 jersey, and, uh, and it was, weighs about 14 pounds. As, oh, yeah. As, as JT red, knows. White, blue one. Right. Uh, yeah, Jeremy yeah. said, I don't even have one of these. This is cool. And he signed it. So just FYI. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just uh, – it meant so much to my family and me. And thanks again for your kindness. Yep. And I can't wait to put that baby on a frame on the wall. Um, yeah, I was uh, wanting to call. I had overheard – uh, Ken Roxon was coming uh, on Race Day Live, I, I believe, this weekend. Um, and I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that, if uh, if y'all had heard that or what y'all think he may have to say. I, I had not heard that. Um, it's probably a good idea to uh, to come on that. You know, JT, I was talking to, to somebody about Ken's deal, and like a major sponsor of his, I heard, mm-hmm. was not even informed he wasn't racing until that press release came out. Oh, wow. They were just like, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh, okay. I didn't know you weren't racing. Um, I'm going to guess that was Red Bull. <laughs> just, uh, a, major, <laughs> a major sponsor. Had no idea that press release was coming, which I found very strange. Um, you know, but that's just something I heard. Like, um, poor, poor Red Bull, man. They Between <laughs> James News and Roxon News, they're always the last ones to know. They, they are, right? Um, so anyways, JT, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to – Cody, I don't think he's going to say anything – Anything uh, special like revolutionary? Just, yeah, yeah, I just think Honda's probably happy to have him, and the fans will want to see him. And you know, I asked him to come on the Pulp Show a little while ago, and he said he would, but he was in Europe, so um, uh. you know what I mean. So he's not like he's hiding, right, uh, or anything like that. So, uh, but good to have him, JT, if he comes on the race day live. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know he he's one of the most marketable guys in the sport, and he's uh, I think he's super charismatic. Um, you know the. The more we can get of him on or off the bike, the better. So I'll yep. take it anything we get, and hopefully we get him this summer as well. Yeah, I think he's racing this summer. Everything I heard, I, w- I was told 99% ch- chance that he's racing. So Because I, I was a little skeptical, but we'll see. Yeah, it seems like on his Instagram, it seems like yep. he's getting back into the groove of things. I tried to call in for Show 500 to ask them both how it would be, how was it having their own video game? Because I believe, as it stands, just them and McGrath and Carmichael are the only ones with their name on a video game. Yeah. I know they use Bubba to to promote the other ones, but right. um, but yeah, thanks again for y'all's right. time. No problem. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank the folks at uh, Plum Creek Funding. Uh, I've used them. Uh, JT has used them as well. If you're looking to purchase a home in 2022, if you're a first-time buyer or investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. If you already own your home, if you're looking to pull cash out or simply lower your rate, like if you're tits legendary and you own your house and you're rolling and you just need cash, then Plum Creek Funding can help you out. Contact a professional with over 25 years of experience now with direct access to access to assist in 12 different states. Zach Morris is your guy uh, over there at Plum Creek Funding. Uh, Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com, Z-A-C-H-P-L-U-M, CreekFunding.com. And, again, uh, please check it out. And uh, thanks to Plum Creek Funding for coming on the show. Uh, we have a call that wants to talk about Troll. That's Brian. Brian, what's up, man? Hey. Uh, I know y'all are going to get not tired of it, but 500 was amazing. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do for 1,000. but What am I going to uh, do for 600? <laughs> yeah, hey, if we're, if we're celebrating 602, let's let's see what you can top. Yeah, get them all in there. Hey, no, I was just uh, I'm, I was too busy, and I know that y'all had so much going on at 500, but uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, pulp on pulp violence of uh, a Ray just running over Troll's life. Oh, yeah, I just unbelievable, right? Uh, Troll just goes flying through the air and ends up under a Ray's bike, who's just riding around. It's incredible. Uh, um, of all of all the bikes out there, yes, absolutely. Poor Troll. Yeah, it was oh, just pretty bad, but he's he's he, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, he's back this week. Yep. Okay. So, gotcha. Um, but Hopefully, yeah, I want to see uh, I want to see what uh, Phil can do this week. He's been uh, he's been lighting it up. Been good to see him and Chisholm uh, up there. JT, I like Phil this weekend. Uh, we didn't talk about him much in the fantasy pod, but I like Phil this weekend because his starts are good for the most part. Yeah, it's a tough tough crowd though. Um, I mean, this, last weekend was great, but if you Go back and he's like, you know, in that seventh 
six, seven, eight spot, which he's been many times this year. Then you you filter in all the West Coast guys. It gets tough. It gets tough for him to be top twelve. So not obviously he can. Yeah, I'm not saying he can't. Um, but it, I don't think it's a shoe in. He just got second. He did. He absolutely <laughs> did. And uh, he also didn't get second in a couple races. Yes, exactly. Uh, Brian, you want a pair of uh, Zone Pro goggles from Fly or FMF goggles? Heck yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, I'll put you on hold. You can tell Tits which ones you want. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you all. Keep it up. Thank you, man. Love Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, JT, uh, before we let you go here, uh, need your winners. Give me your winners for both classes. I don't think I can shy away from Tomac. Uh, just, it's just impossible. A track like this on the form he's on, I mean, why would I not pick him? Um, I will say, though, if you want an outlier, somebody to, to make maybe take a flyer on, I think Sexton – Remember how great Sexton was here? He almost won yeah. this race last year, and he looks he looks back, right? He looks healthy again. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then 250, I'm just going to go with the Jet. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take the 250 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross champion. I know he's probably pissed after how that last race unfolded last week. And, uh, yeah, I just think he's, he's a no-brainer. It doesn't mean he's going to win, but why not pick him? Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, uh, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys, Jet and Tomac. <laughs> Super <laughs> so, exciting pick. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I, I think I'm the same though. Uh, uh, I can I can understand it. All right, thanks for calling, man. Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Thank you, man. See you. All right, FMF goggles. We're going to give some away in honor of Kay Clayson making another main event. FMF Vision, a unique optics brand created in partnership with the guys over there at 100%. It's a full range of goggles to meet every rider's needs, including the film systems, sand goggles, over-the-glasses, youth models, and more. Follow at FMF Vision on Instagram. Zach Osborne, Dean Wilson, Kyle Peters, Cade using FMF goggles. There's a lot more that is um, uh, out there. So, uh, yeah, please check out at FMF Vision to see the latest. And uh, we're going to get Michael Lindsay on next. Uh, let's go to Jeb on five. Jeb, what's up, man? How are you? What's up? Uh, first off, I wanted to just commend you for the show 500, man. Uh, I listen to all the podcasts, and I, I really don't think there's another guy that could handle that firepower. So awesome job. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was really cool of those guys to come up. Like, seriously, it was really – they're busy as fuck, right? And they don't need the publicity. They don't need any of that. And for those guys to take the time to come up, that's pretty cool. It really was. Uh, my question is – I'm really hoping that we get to see Jet and Craig. I'm not really going to get my hopes up because I'm going to Atlanta. Yeah. But if we see weather and possibly a mutter, um, does that affect your pick between Jet or uh, Craig? And uh, do you think that affects whether we do get to see him up front? Yes, I think it does if we get a mutter. I think both guys will want to play it safe and just get out of there with top fives and all of that stuff, you know? Um, so I think yeah. I think there'll be some other guys going forward if there's a mutter. The last thing you want to do is fall and break your bike or not be able to uh, finish or whatever. Get it hot, overheat it, all that kind of stuff that can happen in the mud. So if it's a mutter, I like yeah, I think someone else will get in there and, and win. But they both have the amount of skill those both guys have, and it, what you need is skill to ride mud uh, is above everybody else in the class. So there is that going for them. But so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with somebody else if it's a mutter. All right, hopefully we can dodge that rain. Thank you yep. for taking my call. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, to talk about Atlanta and more from Vital MX, it's Michael Lindsay. What's up, ML? How are you? Uh, pretty good. I'm driving from uh, North Carolina to Atlanta right now, about two hours out from the Speedway. Oh, look at you. What were you doing in uh, North Carolina? Um, visiting the Phoenix Honda Racing guys for a couple of days, spent a day at Club MX. Um, wow, look- trying to actually find Filthy Phil. There may have been a offer from Pitcher to kick him in the balls for some money, but I couldn't find him until six. So okay, all yeah. right. Um, how's Kyle Peters? What's the latest? He's going to be fine. Just a long recovery. Yeah, he's. Uh, they're trying to figure out how to get him home. They're trying to maybe get him a med- medical flight to help him just transport because. I think he's in a decent amount of pain stuff. The surgery went as well as possible. Um, but, you know, it's, I think, how it is in moto, you know, we, we become numb to what major injuries are. That's what yeah. Kyle did is not a good thing by a mile. It's, it, you know, everything's looking as good as it can be. But, um, yeah, he's got a bit of a road ahead of him. Damn, that sucks. Sounds like it's worse than I thought. You know what I mean? Uh, it's funny. You're right. We, we take this stuff for granted, right, as uh, motocrossers and injuries, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, interesting. So, uh, hey, the Speedway track, you're going to be there this weekend. Do you like these things? Should we have more of them? 
Uh, I do. I was actually, so I've been listening to the show the, while I've been driving along here. I heard you and JT talk about it a little bit. And no, I, I agree. I, uh, you know, I know JT's big on the atmosphere. I like the atmosphere of speedways. They are different than supercrosses. Um, I, my biggest thing I appreciate is just the ability to, you know, again, change up the track a little more. I like the garage atmosphere. Um, no, I don't want a ton of them, but I, I would really love to see another two or three ads of the schedule, especially since, as about Daytona really doesn't fall into the same category anymore. It's not what it once was. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing our two or three. I know with uh, Feld being on the AMA license now that's through DMG, they could work closer with them to make that kind of stuff work. I think that opportunity is more in front of them than it's ever been to maybe find another cool venue or two or get us into a market or an area we normally don't get to go to. Right. Yeah, I think that, I, open up the bikes a little bit. Open up these tracks a little bit. You know, yeah, I like all of that stuff for sure. Uh, how's everything at Vital MX? You uh, you cleaning up a lot in the forum, or, or how's that going? <laughs> it, it goes in waves. Like this week, I've been traveling. I haven't gone to Cup, but it'll be it'll be a week or two where I'm like, oh, you know, it's really not that bad. And then somebody will just create some massive issue for a couple days, and then <laughs> I'm pulling my hair out. I'm sitting there like beating my head on a laptop, going, I haven't got anything productive done in three or four hours. Why? 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 Me? Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it, it goes in waves. Right. Uh, all right. Craig versus the Jet. Go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Craig because I kind of I was listening to you guys. I kind of feel like maybe of the two of them, if you were to put them both head to head, I feel like Jet might be a little I don't know a little more conservative. I could see Christian maybe of the two of them wanting to win more. He's getting ready to step out of the class. Um, the earlier the two, um, but also kind of what you guys talked about. I don't know if it's really gonna matter at the end of the day if either of them is gonna put put a little extra on the line to beat the other, especially with the possibility of rain. Um, but for some reason, I, I'm going to lean a little more towards, I think Jet's had enough rounds where bad things have happened, where he's, he's gone, had a little, you know, gone a little squirrely that maybe uh-huh. if the situation arrives, maybe he'll try to be a little smarter and Christian will get it. That's, right. that's what I'll go with. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, that's solid thinking. It's not crazy to think, right? Like, Jet can clinch this weekend, I guess. Uh, I didn't realize that, but Jet can clinch it, this weekend. Yeah, because it's what Cameron. Cameron's still the closest. Two minute points isn't racing. Yeah, I think though. I, I, maybe I did the math wrong. I thought I looked it up in RJ. Well, again, we are uh, you know shootout format, so it's a higher chance of it happening. But I think Jet would have to win, and wouldn't RJ have to get like a seventh or worse or something like that? Yeah, probably. Or, but yeah, but that's still doable. Yeah, it's still on the table, definitely. Um, Michael Lindsay here on the. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Thank you to Pro Taper, Get, FMF Vision, Maxis, Plum Creek Funding, all on board with us. Um, all right. Uh, I, yeah, I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see Austin Faulkner. Where do you, what are you thinking? Um, I kind of start, I think, you know, both classes are a little weak, but you have the top two to three on each class that have, you know, risen, of, risen above. Um, Faulkner got back on the bike. He won the race last weekend. He wanted to he even book twice as far as I was aware. And then, you know, the, the team kind of had him sit back for one week. So, I mean, he's probably got, I'm just guessing, five days back on Supercross right now. Maybe six at most. Uh, you know, uh, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, I totally, I think is doable. I think a podium will be pretty tough. Uh, but the rain could throw a mix in that. But I think if everything's dry and everybody's up and running, I, I think a podium would be tough the first round. Um, back just with the momentum these guys are carrying. Yeah, uh, it, I think I agree with you. I think it'll be it'll be tough for him to, to do that, but I certainly can get in the mix from there. Who, uh, you know, we talked about Hunter winning, JT and I. We talked about Jet and Craig, obviously. RJ, is there? Do you agree that RJ Hunter, Jet, and Christian can win? Are we missing anybody who could actually win the shootout? Are we missing somebody? Um. Again, because of the conditions, I don't know. If it's dry, I feel like you guys have nailed it. I mean, wet, I could throw anything in. Yeah, maybe. if it's wet, we could be. Wet, yeah. you know, a Shimoda, Moseman could do it, you know, anything of that. But I think dry, you guys have pretty much nailed it. Because it's, when it's one class by themselves, it's easy to say the top, you know, like let's say it's um, Craig, if it's just uh, Wes, okay, Craig and Hunter could easily have an issue, and a Moseman can get a win, a Shimoda can get a win. But when you add both classes, and again, the top two to three, the ones you named, are just so on the ball. It's hard to imagine all of them are going to have 
a bad race or just not put it together. It's like, yeah, one or two could, but that when you just are doing the odds, it's, it's pretty tough to see it not be one of those. Yeah. Named out. Yeah, I think I agree with you, right? Um, what, some, dry, it's going to come from one of those four, um, and then we'll see from there. Hey, uh, you, like me, uh, fan of the privateers, you know these guys well, like I do, you know, A-Ray and Cade and all these Starling, your buddies with these guys. They're really riding well. They're taking advantage of the injuries. Yep. Is there, is there one or two of these guys that's really impressed me, impressed you more so than the other guys? Like, they've all stepped up, which is awesome, but what do you think? Is there, is there, is there somebody that's caught your eye? Um, I'll give Justin, uh, I'll say Starling's been the most consistent, like, Starling's had moments when either Ryerson or her stuff has fallen his direction. I think he's been, him getting some of the results he's had doesn't surprise me, but his consistency the last couple of rounds to do so, I think, um, is huge for him. I don't think he's ever kind of put together that many good races in a row. Um, Cade, Cade doesn't surprise me. Cade was solid before the amount of guys that got hurt. Um, so Cade being a running up um, kind of doesn't surprise me. I think he has the experience to do it. I'm a little bit a little bit with Carr now. Um, nothing against Logan, but he's just, you know, he's been in it a long time, but I've always kind of questioned how serious he takes and stuff. I, I think him kind of getting stuck on the 450 the rest of the year is a little bit of a blessing in disguise right now with what happened with his sponsorship deal because he's been able to, you know, kind of take advantage and, and really put himself in the spotlight on the 450 right now and get some good races in. So I lean a little bit towards, like, the car now and the Starling. What about yourself? I think Starling, like, a couple weeks ago, I'll qualify Cooper Webb. And obviously Webb's banged up, and I get it. But he got ninth overall in uh, time qualifying. And that's nothing to be uh, uh, shake a stick at. I think, I think I've been impressed with Starling. I, I always, I've always said Justin Starling's got a lot of talent. He's not a great yeah. racer. When there's guys around him and things like that, he's not a great racer. I think he's figuring that out. He's getting a bit better with that. And talent-wise, he's up there. Like, he's got more talent than A-Ray and Carnell and Cade easily in my eyes. Yes. Now, you know. Justin's always – he was a top amateur prospect. He's – I'm watching right plenty. He is very good, like, particularly in Supercross. I just think probably one thing that's probably helped a lot is the fact that the last couple rounds, he's been up in a position where it's worth to push and just being able to, you know, the environment. He's up there multiple weekends in a row, racing, learning more than he probably ever has, especially 450s. He's been in these similar positions in the 250 class before, but never never in the fourth. Even though he's moonlighted and done a couple 450 races here and there and has always done respectable, um, right now is from the most experience he's ever gone racing on that, that class of bike. Yeah, yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Um, Benny Bloss is back. I, I like Benny. Good dude. Talented. He can't stay off the ground, and he did jump off the bridge in St. Louis. Oh, my so, God, that so, replay. I know. But um, if Benny can hold it together, and I know that's a big if, if Benny can hold it together, I can start seeing him getting above Starling and Cade and those guys. Do you agree? Yeah, because, again, like we've, we've seen where his – where he's capable of being. Um, this main guy's out, you know, no offense to the guys he is racing. I feel like if this is, if he's coming back, you know, let's say he missed the first two, three rounds of the season hurt and came in at round four and the class is still stacked, it'd be hard. But where his skill level is, he'll, you know, his first couple rounds back, he'll be right up there at the top of the field of guys we're talking about within that 14th to 10th range. Um, it'll be just a lot easier for him to get his mojo back, I think, over the next couple rounds versus if, like, again, this was around 40 coming in where he'd be more in the position of probably struggling to get in the mains coming off off injury and time off the bike. Right, right. Uh, let's so just, I, okay. I could see Benny, yeah, within two or three rounds kind of taking the crown of that next to the yes. best group. Yes, I agree. He just has to stay up. That's been an issue for sure. Uh, we have uh, we have some phone calls here. Let's get to them. Michael Lindsay from Vital MX on the line. First up is Mike. Mike, you got a question uh, for Michael Lindsay? Yeah, hey Steve. First off, I just want to say I love the show and uh, show 500 was incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, my question is, uh, I know Michael rides a lot of the new and stuff, but uh, I'm in the process of buying a new right now, and I'm kind of on the fence in between uh, the Yamaha, Honda, and the KX. 
Um, just kind of wondering what his thoughts are on on so, those three. Well, I, Blue Crew, first of all. Just go Blue Crew, and you'll never go wrong. That's my thoughts on it. But, uh, Michael, what do you think? Yamaha, Cowie, and what would you say, KTM, Mike? Uh, Honda. Honda, sorry. Uh, so right off the top of my head, just one thing for anybody that's looking to get, like, a couple of those new bikes right now is we are, as far as I'm aware, we're about to see a new Yamaha and a new Cowie 450 dropping. So if that in any way, you know, bothers you of, like, hey, I'm not, like, the lace and greatest is about to change for both those brands. You know, it's still a couple months out, but by, like, Yamaha and Cowie are pretty decent when they do a new bike release of being, like, usually around a June-July um, bike, so you'll see both those new 450s pretty soon, so that's something to consider. Um, the KTM, or sorry, the Honda is going to have probably a small change this year, but it's in the middle of the generation, so kind of what, what's available right now is similar to what you're going to see released, so that's something to consider, but... Um, they're both tough. I, I really like both the Yamaha and the Cowie to recommend to people I don't know that well. I think the Honda is still a little bit finicky to set up. It works for some people, doesn't for others. The Yamaha and the Cowie are both just out of the box, very, very forgiving bikes, very easy to jump on, very easy to adjust. I think of all of them, the Yamaha is out of the box, the best of the three. The Cowie needs some fork work and a couple things. So it just depends on your budget. If you if you want to get it, enjoy it more off the floor. The Yamaha is really good. Um, the tuner app allows you to really play with the power and get kind of any end of the spectrum you want. Um, and again, I, I just think both those bikes have gone to a point they're very comfortable. They work for a wide range of guys where the Honda is a little bit more hit or miss for some people. All right, there you go, Mike. Okay. Any any other questions? So, so the Yamaha and the Kawasaki are they doing? They're they're doing like a redesign type thing. Yamaha is going to be pretty big changes, huh? Mike? Yamaha's Michael? big change and uh, yeah, Yamaha's big change, I don't know a lot about it. I do know I've seen so the Cowie's at the all Japan Nationals, but it's under the old bodywork. But it's a new frame and swing arm, not too far of a departure from what they've got. And then the engine's pretty new. It's uh it's a center port exhaust bike, it's got a raised intake port, it's got a clean cylinder head on it. Um, suspension's gonna update quite a bit on that Cowie. Um, it'll look all new. The one they're racing again in Japan Nationals just has all the old plastic on it. So Cowie's already kind of played their cards as the bike's heavily changing. Uh, Yamaha didn't show up to the all Japan National with a new bike, but everything I've heard is that there is a new one coming. Yeah, so there you go. So if you can wait a little bit, you know, if you want to get a Yamaha, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe wait a little bit. Because, uh, yeah, I've heard the same thing as Michael. It's going to be a pretty big change for Yamaha. Yeah, yeah. I got some thinking to do. I might yeah. stick out with what I have for now. Yeah, there you go, man. Thanks for the call. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Uh, I wonder why Yamaha didn't go to the Japan races. Yeah. I think that's faded off because a lot of those programs, uh, even Honda does and Cowie, like the the All Japan National program is no longer like a true factory effort. I mean, they supply oh, okay. the equipment, they pull private effort. They, I think they just started to shy away from that. Yep. Yamaha definitely, they're doing this electronic power steering damper system they're testing on all the Japan National I saw bikes. that, yeah. yeah. Um, but so far, it seems like they've kept anything else major out of sight. Um, the other thing with All Japan Nationals is I've also seen them maybe skip the first couple rounds with the bike and bring it a couple rounds in, too. They're not afraid to do that. Um, right. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, four is Steven. Steven, what's up, man? Hey, you got to throw the quick congratulations for show 500. That thank you. the quickest five hours ever. Yeah, so thank you, yeah. I made, yeah, I made some janky stats here this morning. I don't know how much to apply this weekend. But I took Jet and I averaged him to the 450 winners of each weekend that he raced, and I did the same with Christian. I had Jet at 0.3 seconds off the fast lap of the 450 winner on average and 0.7 seconds off the average lap. For Craig, I had 1.3 seconds off the fast lap and 1.7 off the average. So obviously there's a lot of variables and stuff, but yep. uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of neat yeah. neat stuff to know. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I still don't know. I think it's probably going to be somebody other than those two guys just with all the title yeah. stuff and play. But. I kind of lean that way too, man. But um, do you want a pair of FMF goggles? I would love some. That'd be awesome. Yeah, if, if you're going to take the time to put those stats together, let's get you some goggles. All right, stay on hold, all right, Mike? Sweet. Or sorry, I mean, uh, Stephen, stay on hold, all right. Yep. Uh, Michael, I'll just hold on. I'll just hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Lindsay uh, on Vital MX, or from Vital MX on the, uh, on the show. So um, hard not to pick Tomac. 
to get it done on this kind of track, a longer, more gnarlier, um, you know, weather permitting. I, I, I like Tomac to get his streak going again. I, I really do. I, Anderson will be good. JT likes Sexton, and that's certainly a good point. What, what are your thoughts for 450 winner this weekend? I have a hard time betting against Tomac. I'm curious because Anderson, since the last round of, like, game class A, it's just, I don't know, Anderson to me has been a little bit off the last two weekends. I'm kind of curious where how hard he wants to drive, of course, because now it's, it's kind of the goal's out of sight for him. I don't know if they've started to change attention southwards and stuff. Uh, and then Sexton, again, the other thing that makes me wonder, Triple Crown, the possible weird – or not Triple Crown, sorry. Uh, the, just the conditions, the longer track, again, with the Honda guys sometimes – struggling a little round around with bike setup. I think I would reserve my opinion on Chase until we see qualifying. Um, I think, you know, we'll just basically see how yeah, how qualifying goes if they seem to have a setting. I think it's just it, it's such the safe pick to say, but I just can't bet against Tomac in this situation. Yeah. Long track, rough, he just seems so dialed in right now. And all so much momentum his way. Um, you, you know, Malcolm may have keep kind of curious to see with Malcolm on the knee thing, if that's going to affect him all this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to bet against Tomac. But if I were to go not Tomac, again, it depends on price. I would actually lean towards Chase a little bit over Anderson. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're probably right. Webb's back this weekend too. Good to see Cooper Webb's coming back. Yeah, which he was so strong here last year. But, of course, there's just so many variables with him again right now. How banged up is he? You know, is the bike going to work for him here? How much are they chasing that? Where's his head space at? Um, it sucks because last year I felt like he, his races against Roxon here were, were amazing. How he would get just, again, that was like just dogging him the whole race and be able to get him at the end. It was, you know, web on perfect web form. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what do you know uh, about Forrest Butler and the Rocky Mountain team a little bit? I know you've dug into it. Uh, I, I have too a little bit since we've seen that. I don't think we see. I know Ansi was trying to get a ride from some 250 teams this weekend, and uh, I know Shane said he didn't recover from his concussion test, which I'm a bit dubious of that claim. Do we see any of these guys, and what's your take on that situation? That one's tough because I, I think, as you're more than well aware, mostly due to the way those guys' contracts are, nobody wants to talk on record about it. I've talked to current staff members. I've had current staff members turn me away, or I say current ones that have just exited, ex-staff members, ex-riders, sponsors, people have helped out. I, I actually talked to Forrest for five hours the one night, I which I thought hell froze over. I had that conversation finally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you know, that, that one was a shocker. Yeah. Um, it's hard because so much is hard record. The best thing I can come up with at this point is I think it lands somewhere in the middle between the owners right now. I definitely I feel bad for all the riders involved. It's really easy to take the one side of the story, um, even some of the stuff we ran last week. And I said it, like we talked to a certain amount of people that were probably more against what's going on right now. And it was a lot of, you know, negative about what's going on. But I've also talked to some people out of the force to week that kind of if, if their insight is correct or true, it's also pointed, uh, you know, maybe some red flags on McKenzie and that side, even as far as I basically, I thought, I've heard this allegation from more than a couple of people this week that the whole story that Cooksey ran was fed to him by Mark McKenzie, that he may have tossed a Rocky Mountain thing about the suspension thing's weird. There's people claiming the suspension was repo. The two suspension guys that own that company are very good friends of mine. They never took anything back. It sounds like maybe a mechanic came in on Thursday and took a bunch of stuff and left with it. It's, the stories go so many different ways. I still am trying to, like, if you put it all out there, you would see everything from one end of the spectrum to the other at who's at fault, and then a lot in the middle. Um, I I know they're trying to go racing. Um, of course, Rocky Mountain's out. The comp, as far as I'm aware this morning, KTM is still in. I believe, based on a day ago, FlyWPS was still in. Is still on board. Um, I I think Forza may have found another rider for this weekend, um, but we'll see if you know who it is when it shows up. And then maybe there is a small chance we see Shane. I think Max is going to be moving on, um, and of course Joey's her. I think you'll see him move on as well. I'm still trying to get confirmations even on the riders because one side of the their side will maybe say like, hey, no, that guy's out of contract, and then their side says, no, they're under contract. It's I literally can't. It's so hard to make sense of it at this point. The best answer I can give is it lands as everything with stories. It lands somewhere, I feel like, in the middle. There's a, there's more than one person at fault here for what's actually going on, I think. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't trust either side. 
Correct. Yep. I, I don't. Yep. I feel I had a very long. I, I give four o'clock credit. I had a very long off-record conversation with him, and a part of it is we went over a lot of past allegations. He has a lot of reasoning for every one of them. I fact-checked a lot of them. There's some stuff that doesn't match up. There's some stuff that does. So yep. I mean, yep. I still have my huge. I still question anything four says. No offense to him, but then everything heard about the other side. Other side, the the part, the supposed who can be partner in this. I'm not going to get to. Him. I've never met the man. I've never even talked to him, uh, Markenzie. I just some of the other stuff that is not even forces from other people I know that are kind of involved. I wouldn't trust that guy at this point. I no. I, I feel bad. I think it's two people that a a business partnership or one they were working on has gone south. It's turning very ugly, and ultimately the people that are getting the, the short end of the stick at the very moment are like the riders and the mechanics and such. Yeah, that's you the know, bottom line is these guys are out of jobs. That's what sucks. Uh, I talked to somebody who worked with that Mark guy and said they'll never do, deal with him ever again. You know, they're absolutely that, not fans at all. And then, of course, that, Forrest yeah. has a bunch of people out there that say that. So. Yeah, I, I have a few people I've talked to that aren't even related. It's because, again, it's easy to take maybe some people that are attached to Forrest who are saying that that Mark guy's shady because, of course, they're involved for us. But I have a few people that are pretty in the middle that have had to deal with both of them and currently don't don't want to even deal with either. They're like, I wouldn't deal with Forrest. I wouldn't even deal with Mark either. They're, they're like, no, the whole thing. Yeah, they, they deserve each other. Out. It's great. They deserve each other. I don't it, know. It really is. Like, at the end of the day, if, if what Forrest is alleging and if it comes out, if he ends up choosing to come out with it soon, if, if some of the allegations are true, it is crazy what has happened. It does for a small minute make me feel bad what's going on, but at the same time, because of all the past allegations, you know, you start to sit there and go, well, does karma at this point or what? Like, um, you know, it, it, I, again, I, it, it's really hard for me to point the finger at one or the other after right. everything I've learned. I'm still calling people because I'm trying to, you know, I know some people like, why aren't you guys just talking about everything you know? I'm like, oh, my God, I get a different story every yeah, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I reported off every different story I had, I would have put out 15 videos already <laughs> this week alone. After every call, yeah. they something else to talk about. So I'm just trying to get to the, as is, you're trying to get everything together and then try to find the middle ground of like, okay, what's actually going on here? Yeah, I got the um, same criticism from some people on Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, man, uh, I don't trust either side. And nobody that got burned will really go on the record. So what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, literally, for people asking, they always say, why don't you get this person interview, this interview? So I've talked to a I've spent so much time on the phone this week with people. And a lot of them, it's like, we'll start talking about it, and they're like, look, you cannot, you can, like, talk about some parts of this. You can't quote me. You can't say who I am. Like, <laughs> I want nothing to do with this. The confidential clauses. I, and a lot of guys have especially dealt with it in the past. They're like, I'm just so over it at this point. I don't want to be involved anymore. Like, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's really hard to just sit down and pen the story, and and this is nothing like I said. We got I saw some people's criticism, like you know, again pointing out like, well, Cooksey came out and did video. Props. I, I have no problem with Chris, but props him for putting out what he did. If what I learned is allegation is true, it's like why I wouldn't release something immediately. Is I you know I think a lot of us got one side of the story, and if what I've heard is right, he got it said to him basically by the absolute one off the end of the spectrum. Um, which again, that's a part of the story. You put it out there, um, but that's why I said at the end of this, I haven't, I haven't. When we, when we did our update on it, the first thing I'm spending the first two minutes almost doing a disclaimer, like, look, this is just what we've heard so far from people that are kind of on this side of things. Like, this is really not the whole story because this is this thing is so deep. It's um, yeah. it, it, you could write a pretty good novel off it, I would do, say, so far. Do you think? Shane goes racing with Forrest this Supercross season or outdoors. I do not. But do you think? I think there is a small chance okay. if what I've heard contractually is true. I think it depends. If, if if some of the penalties are in the contract of what I think they might be, I think it might not be in a, it may not work in his interest to get out. As far as I'm aware, he is, and I again, this is a lot of different sources, I think Shane is paid up cur as current right now. I don't know in his contract what option he has to get out of it, but if he's paid up current, I don't know how he gets out of it maybe at this point unless Force is unable to provide equipment this weekend or because Shane didn't get out last week because of equipment. He got out because of concussion. And a lot of people told me he passed concussion protocol on Friday but then refailed it Saturday morning. Um, so that's, that's a whole other weird one. But... So it wasn't that he was out equipment. His and as he posted his official stance is he out. He is out by by being out of the concussion protocol. So I don't know on his contract specifically 
if he's able to get out, if he will, um, I think a lot of it depends if, if Forrest is able to get everything in line to go racing this weekend. I think he it possibly would be financially tough or possibly legally tough for Shane to move on. He may decide to continue where he's going. Um, but I'm not saying like, oh yeah, he's yeah for sure. I, I think there's a small chance he's him. I think Stay no matter what, Savachi is out from what I hear. I, yeah. I, I think so too. I haven't been able to confirm if his contract's done yet. And then as far as I'm aware, Max, I, I've heard two sides of the story, but I believe one of them, I think Max is not able to get out. I think Max is good to, to move on. Um, I know Max is interested in basically getting on whenever, but I, I would kind of lean more towards it. Probably don't see Max with a new ride until the first outdoor national. Maybe there's a chance we see him before the end of Supercross, but I, I would kind of lean towards maybe the beginning outdoors we, we see Max back. What a, what a mess, man. What a mess. So, uh, Thanks, Michael. Thanks for calling to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for the insight. No problem. You guys right. See you, man. Yeah. That's Michael Lindsay, everybody. Fly Racing, Moto 60 show for another week. Pro Taper, Get, FMF Vision, Maxis, Plum Creek Funding, all on board. Support those that support the show. We'd appreciate it. We really would. Tits, uh, I don't know what to say. You just keep raising the bar. Just every week. Yeah. Like clockwork. It's from our world. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. See you next week.